podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone, welcome to Club Extra here on Club at 22, the Rangers podcast, our extra content show uh, where I'll bring on a guest and today, I, well, I am Scott Carney and today I'm delighted to be joined by Stevie Clifford from Four Lads Had A Dream. Hello Stevie, we meet again. <laughs> Hiya mate, uh, I hope everyone's well and had a good new year and good festivities. Do you still say happy new year? Is it past that yet? Happy new year mate, I'll say that. Um, well, we were in contact so... I don't think we need to say it to each other. Plus, it's a week <laughs> past. I think, like, in working that this week, I was kind of getting sick of people coming into the office, and that was just like, yeah, happy new year, very good. What do you want? So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that it's it's appropriate. But anyway, happy new year, everyone. Yeah, happy new year, everyone. I'm the same, mate. I got into people at work, and you're like, do you still say it? Do you not still say it? And I was kind of leaving it in their hands if they wanted to say it or not. Uh, so I, I think it's getting to the stage now where you, you don't say it anymore. So, uh, but yes, um, Steve is joining us today. Um, to well, I suppose every time there's a kind of break in the football, mate, we tend to do a podcast where we maybe catch up and have a look back to see what's happened in the, the time since we last spoke. Uh, before we come to that, mate, it is just under two weeks until our live show at the Loudon. There is still. still tickets still available for it uh, the link will be in the description for this podcast and later on, in fact by the time you're watching this, yeah that makes sense, by the time you're watching this there will be a giveaway happening on my Twitter page, on our Twitter page so head to club at 22 on Twitter and you'll be in where you can enter uh, the competition to be in with a chance of winning two tickets for the show Stevie, you looking forward to it? Yeah, always listen, it's a real privilege to get asked along um, and, and join in on your show so, you know it should be fun. It's a Friday night. You know, football's about to start back again. Hopefully, there'll be a few signings in the door as well by that point. So, it should be a, an air of kind of positivity around it. We've done well under Clement. So, there's plenty to discuss, isn't there? There's plenty to be positive about. There is, mate. There is. And I'd have been a bit gutted if you said, no, I'm not looking forward to it. I'd have been like, that's smashing. That's a good, that's a good start. Uh, and as soon as I said that question, I was like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Uh, but no, look, there is, mate. We are very much looking forward to it. It's that kind of nervous excitement about it. It's a, a, a step up for us as a podcast. And the fact that you're you're joining us and willing to join us, mate, it's very exciting for the podcast. And we are all absolutely buzzing for it. Um, so if you can come along, please do so that would be smashing before we get into looking back Stevie on since we last spoke anyway about Rangers the kind of run that we've been on um, I think I'm more interested probably as selfishly as a, as a fan of your blog mate about your take on the SFA debacle that we've had uh, recently I know that's not ideal to bring this up on a Sunday morning mate because it is all pretty shambolic but what's been your take on the events the, the kind of conflicting statement from Rangers and then the, the one coming from the SFA doesn't seem to match up what Rangers are saying what is your take on this overall the overall situation? Well if we go right back to the actual game in question but the officiating in that game was pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I don't think it was a penalty um, because it was offside. I thought it was a penalty and it should have been given. So I don't think, right, let's qualify that. That kind of sounds a wee bit jumbled up. What I'm meaning to say is I don't think they followed the correct procedure. Had they have followed the correct procedure, VAR should have 
said, go and have a look at your monitor. And that's where it becomes difficult. I'm not sure I blame Nick Walsh too much because having been there, you know, certainly not at that level, but things happen so fast in a football game. And he might have just thought that it's hit off, you know, our own player and, and went out for a goal kick because that's what was given, which is fine. Barr should then say, go and have a look. But the fact that Colum decided this wasn't worthy of a, a penalty kick and, and his arm was in a natural position, I don't think there's any justification for that decision at all. And then should have went to the monitor and they should have said, right, okay, we're given the penalty, that's fine. Let's look at the, the run-up and the, the play on the run-up to that decision. Okay, it's offside. So he should, Clement's right, he should then signal, signal should be VAR box and then straight arm offside. Nobody would have had an issue with that at all. But the fact that the protocol has not been followed and then an hour later they've decided, you know, after the outrage at half-time on Sky and everything else, they've then decided, oh, by the way, it would have been offside anyway, so there's your justification. That clouds everything because that should never have came into it, Scott, because the bottom line is that Colm thought it was never a penalty in the first place. Yeah. And this is a man whose judgment now is becoming a regular event. We only have to look back to our previous games. Even go, go back to the Easter Road game last year, I think four or five games in under Geo, and um, he sends off John Lundstrom and then gives an almost identical foul or yellow card after that as well. And this is a guy who, who then Rangers will drop points in that game. It finishes 2 2. Rangers end up with nine men. We finish it 2 2 after the last minute equaliser. And we're already are behind in the league. You imagine if we'd won that game and, and the the kind of kick on that Geo might have had from that going there and stuff like that. So, you know, there's all sorts of variables and things that Colin have done. I, I always go back and I tell people the story of the Real Madrid friendly just a couple of years ago after lockdown and COVID. I think there was only 19,000 at the game and we were lucky enough to be there. And Willie Colin gave four minutes at, um, added on. And Carlo Ancelotti went absolutely nuts and just said, call the game, it's finished, we're done. He'd already shook hands with Steven Gerrard on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. You know, call the game, it's done. And um, he ended up more or less telling the players just to come off and then Colm eventually called it. It's always been about Willie Colm, the way he conducts himself, the way he acts. He's a very school teacher, like pointing his finger, the way he kind of fronts up. He's always doing, see if you notice, he always goes like this. He always does this, you know, like players are mouthing him back and stuff like that. And I think there's a real kind of lack of um, kind of lack of decorum for the way he behaves as, a, as an official towards it. It's almost like I've been doing it too long and I just can't be bothered. That's the kind of thing that radiates <laughs> from him. I just don't think he's a very good official. And I think that when you see decisions being made like that, then it's very poor. But to go back to the actual game, Rangers, quite rightly, were down to 10 men. No problem with that. No problem with the goals that Celtic scored. I've no problem with Celtic winning the game. No issue at all with that. I'm not here to, to bitch and moan and say that everything's a conspiracy. What I would say is we were very hard done by in terms of Bernardo's tackle on Goldson. He was correctly cautioned for going into the crowd after his goal. And then he has four or five fouls after that, culminating in Goldson being uh, tackled the way he was, which should have been a second caution. And then you know, I think the Ralston, uh, the, the Alistair Johnston one on Seema as a, as a stonewall yellow card minimum. And you look at it as well, just we played Kamarnock a couple of days later and Joe Wright was, was cautioned for an elbow on Seema's face when he went up for a header. It's the exact same tackle. So where's the consistency? 
You know what I mean? Where, where is what happened? And you look at that game as well with Todd Cantwell gets filled at the edge of box, gets up, reacts to it, and he gets shown a caution straight away. But where's the caution for Stephen O'Donnell at Motherwell for slamming the ball down and having a yeah. go at the, the referee then in the corner? Where's the consistency? Are we being refereed to a different standard because we're more high profile and stuff like that? So there's inconsistencies all the way. And I don't buy into the conspiracies on social media. People have noticed with four lads. I had my say on it. I had my say on it at the time about the penalty decision. And I thought the penalty decision was disgraceful. But it's only afterwards when they showed the offsides and that you're like, right, okay, fair enough. And since then, I've let the club and let the SFA do their thing. My overall take on it at the moment is it's pretty silly. I don't think it benefits anyone. I think that the club are right to pursue it. I think the club are right to say, you know, hold on here. We we need to have an explanation about how this happened. But I think that, you know, the, the statements afterward don't really benefit everybody. People have probably lost interest by now. I think that's the way most will feel about it. So I would rather we go back to the football and concentrate on, on what's been a, a pretty good upturn since Philip Clement come on. And he's done a pretty good job. So... As far as I'm concerned, it's, it's left, and, and I think that we should just move on from it. I hope that Willie Collum is nowhere near our games. I've got no problem with the club as well, asking for him to be kept away from us on VAR and stuff like that. I don't think I think there's a real question, and I don't think you can really put Willie Collum in a situation where he's maybe got to call a penalty for Rangers or a red mm-hmm. card or a big decision, because I think he's, he's now compromised by everything that's went on. So... Um, I'm not a huge, huge fan of, of Willie Collum, that's for sure. Um, and I know, obviously, that was the reason why the likes of Madden and stuff left. He went down south because he couldn't progress any further because he was, um, Colin was the top SFA referee and they wouldn't shift him from that. So I think if that's where our standards are, mate, I think we're in big trouble. And, and that old firm game, I think we've got legitimate shouts there. You know, even at 2-0 down, I would have fancied us against nine men at that point. So I think there's a legitimate questions to be asked of, of why. But these things happen. I don't think we've done enough on the day. Um, Quality-wise in the final third, if you want to look at it that way, I make no excuses for that. The better team won because they've got a wee bit more quality that we don't have. And I think that's that's the way I see it. If, if you know, if Cyril Dessers is good enough, he pulls the trigger. Yeah. You know I mean? if, if Ross McCausland has got that wee bit more experience and a wee bit more determination and conviction... He goes through the couple of times he does and he gets his shots away properly or he squares it to Seema or whatever. You know, if, if Seema's more of a, a big player, he's in it a wee bit more. I think he's kind of came off the boil slightly on the left. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly. I'm not sure if he's had an eye on international. He's a young boy, so that kind of goes up and down a wee bit. I just think if we had more conviction and more quality, we might have done better in those chances. But if you look at the chances overall, you know, this is us playing with a team, Scott, who... We've spoke about this many, many times. I don't think they're good enough. And I don't think the quality's there. So if the quality's there and I don't think they're good enough, I've got no right really to sit here and, you know, go right through them for not winning that game because that's what I expect because they don't have the quality to go to Parkhead and win that game yet. But I think under Clement, they are heading towards the right direction, that's for sure. 
Yeah, um, and even your your take on the SFA situation, I would I would thoroughly agree with it. Um, I would agree it's all a wee bit ridiculous now. It's all I don't see how it's going to benefit anyone. I've never been a fan of Willie Collum since I've started watching football. Since I can remember him officiating in Scotland, I've never been a fan of him. I don't like that it's his ball and that's it, and you all everybody else just has to put up with it. <clears throat> I don't think he's fat enough to be a professional ref in this um in this league. And even the, the following, um, following the meeting that Rangers had with the SFA, and then you had the moment. I think it was it was a championship game. He was playing in an offside was awarded. And it was like it couldn't have been anywhere. It was nowhere near offside. It was I, I, I think it was at least two yards on. But again, it all pulls back to I think the bigger problem of we need full time referees in this country for a start, and it needs to start from it needs to be like a proper training that they go through. It needs to be become their life, and I think that's important going forward. I do think that though I. I agree that that didn't cost us the game. I think we were, again, hard done by by decisions. I say I don't want to paint the wall again with the stuff you were saying, but it is the, it's who we have playing for us that's the problem. It's not it's not the it's not the officials. The officiating was shocking, yes, but look, it was all just not handled well. The protocols weren't followed properly, and I am still sticking by with the, the Colin shouldn't be anywhere near a Rangers game. You know what's strange about it, Stevie, is we, as fans, we don't really tend to look at ourselves as moon howlers, right? We don't. That's not something that we tend to do. And when you start getting talking about this stuff, you're starting to feel like something pull on you to go, hang on, you might be putting your tinfoil hat on a wee bit too firmly here. But I think the club have done the right thing in order to, to, to pull the um to pull the SFA up about it because it was uh it was a real shambles. It really was a, a bit of a mess. Um you get anything else to say on that before I move on, Stevie? I think, no, look, see, on the moon howling bit and all that, I think it's important to say we're not sitting here and saying that, you know, we were cheated or we weren't. No, this, definitely you know, not. And I'm not a conspiracy you know, theorist guy anyway. I, no, I'm, I'm not, not either. I'm I, don't, I think that we both sat here and said that they had more quality and deserved to win the game because they can take their chances. I don't think anyone has an issue with that in the, in the slightest. And that's where they are. I think they've got, at this moment in time, better players, unfortunately. We've lost something like, I think the record stands at like 30 defeats in 35 games and we went to Parkhead. So that's yeah. our issue. We need to sort that. So there's nobody sitting here and saying, I think we were hard done by at moments in the games where they could have went differently and that might have, have helped us. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we lost that game because we don't have the quality to take our chances and we don't have the yeah. quality throughout the team. But I don't think it's as far away as what we might think in mm-hmm. terms of... You know, I think Celtic might be coming to the end of that team cycle and they need an uplift as well. But they'll spend money. They've got money and they'll spend money. I get that. But they've got to get that right. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens over there. If Rangers can get two or three more signings in this in this little window, then we might be closer to them than any of us think because I think now we actually have a decent manager, which, you know, is going to bring the uplift. Whereas, you know, it's, it's um, painfully obvious now that, that Michael Beale wasn't that man. So it's going to be interesting to see how Clement does. We we definitely need to strengthen, but you know we lost the game on on the side of the quality, the officiating. We're talking about the decisions, etc., are a, a part of football, and I think we're entitled to say, "No, nah, we're a bit upset with them." You know, likewise, Celtic are entitled to say, "Oh, well, we could have had Turnbull's decision and stuff like that." It's what happens. They'll be discussing that on their podcast. That's fine. I don't mind that in the slightest. Nobody's sitting here and saying that we were cheated or this was a big conspiracy. I just think that protocols weren't followed. 
and some decisions could have certainly been different, especially when you look at it just a couple of days later and you see identical situations, getting cautioned and stuff like that. It may, it, as a fan, you're automatically going to say, well, hold on, where's the, where's the difference and stuff? So, no, I mean, I don't think there's any way. I think that we are quite, you know, I don't think I've ever been accused of being a moon howler and stuff like that. Passionate, certainly. That's what we are. But I think we're, we're on the right side of this one. I agree. Yeah, I do agree. I, I do agree. It's it was right to be called out, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure it's probably not even finished yet. I'm sure there's more to come from it, but yeah, I just thought I'd get your take on it. So since the last time we spoke, mate, um, which was on I think the 20th of November, if my memory serves me correctly, um, we've played 12 games in all competitions. We've won eight, including the impressive three-two win over Betis in Seville to reach the last 16 in the Europa League, and of course the win over Aberdeen at Hamden to secure the League Cup. Two draws, one with. Aberdeen um, in the league and one to Aris Limassol in Europa League and then one loss which is obviously the old firm mate that we've just discussed. Not a perfect report card but it's not too far from it I don't think and I think the knowing you and uh, having conversations with you um, away from podcasts and just personally we are both I think on the the of, on the opinion side of things, are still very much going in the right way, even though Saturday against the Saturday defeat of the Old Firm might have been a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think if you'd asked me when Philip Clement came in that we were going to achieve what we have, I would absolutely grab that with both hands. So, you know, winning the European group was incredible. Going to Spain and winning for the first time against Spanish opposition in our history was incredible. And that was a brilliant performance. I remember at half-time yeah. saying at 2-2 how pleased I was with them and how happy I was with the way they were playing. And some people had you know, things to say about mistakes. And I wasn't wanting to hear it because we were so... There was there was belief in what we were trying to do, which I really enjoyed. The, the Hamden visit and, and winning that cup was a huge thing because we'd been there so many times and, and let ourselves down so many times that this was a massive thing for us to go and try and win that, that League Cup. So to do that, achieve what we have in Europe, to be in with a fighting chance in the league, because don't remember we were, or don't forget rather, we were seven points behind when he first came in. You know, we're eight points behind at the moment, but two games in hand. They're not gimmies, absolutely they're not gimmies, but we're in with a fighting chance. And I think if everybody had said that when he first came in, so I think the progress has been fantastic under Clement because he's managed to get the absolute best out of a squad which lacks overall quality, especially in the in the forward positions. I think we can all see that. Defensively, I think we're okay-ish. You know, midfield-wise, there's been so many injuries again. I think we've been so unlucky, five, six injured in there at a time. So for him to get what he has out of this team, with the way that they have been, I think he's done a, a marvellous job in terms of, you know, making the best out of the situation. And, and yes, Celtic have opened the door slightly. They've had some horrendous results, which has been fabulous to watch. So <laughs> um, they've let us back in. You know, nobody would expect them to get beat by Hearts at home or Kilmarnock no, away no. and things. So they've given us a real opportunity there. The old firms can go either way. Um, at this moment in time, especially when there's no supporters and stuff like that. So I think we're in a pretty healthy con position, all considered. And the big thing for me, Scott, and people might laugh at this, was not so much the old firm defeat is right. OK, we've got Kilmarnock next at home. They're a tricky side to play against. They're a really good side, really well organised, really difficult to break down, and then you know, po pose a threat themselves going forward. So 
it wasn't so much that defeat. It was how are we going to respond? Because if we had dropped there, you know, they're going into pretty much a gimme away to St Mirren, who are in a bit of a downward spiral at this moment in time. And they, they've got a really strong possibility of winning that game. They could end up going, you know, maybe 10, 11 points clear if we don't do the business at Kilmarnock. So, really big result for us. And I think we're entitled to be really pleased about how we played and, excuse me, how we responded to, to that setback. So, overall, you know, I think that where we've came from and, and to win a cup, and to, to win our Europa League group, which, you know, financially and everything else, get into last 16, I think it's a, a brilliant achievement for this group, which I'll say again, and I don't like to come on and insulate them and stuff like that, but when you see the likes of Cyril Dessers and stuff like that, who's never, ever going to make it here, Sam Lammers, who we think, you know, is, is pretty close to the exit door, thankfully. You know, no offence to these guys, but they're never, ever good enough. And I've done an article, actually, Scott, just the other day, and we were looking at, you know, the summer revisit in the summer transfer window. And four or five of the, the summer guys that come in, if you think about Sterling, Balogun, Dowell, Butland, Seema on loan. So there's your five guys that have all come in for fairly low amounts of money, if anything. They've all done pretty well. Nobody can mm -hmm. really see. I think when you look at Sterling now, you can say, right, that boy at fullback in a couple of years, right, they may, might be ready to take over from from Tab, but for the moment as a utility player midfield and everything, he adds something he's doing really well. You look at Dowell, Dowell's come out of nowhere, and I thought, you know, I thought Dowell was out of it. I really did. I thought Dowell was was away. And he's come back and he's looked not bad. So perhaps he might have something also. Balogun solid, you know, Butland revelation and goals. You know what I mean? So he's been Seema's been incredibly good for the age he has been and playing out of position again, wide on the left and stuff. He's done really well. The problem for us is as soon as we start spending money, you've got eight million pounds on Dessers and Lammers. And and listen, I'm not here to slate these guys, but they're not going to make it here. Doesn't matter what Dessers does, you've seen his goal in Spain, he's never going to change the mind of the supporters. Celtic Park, he should have had two, doesn't pull the trigger on that one going through. It's almost unforgivable. And then Kilmarnock at home. He also had opportunities where he was through and in the transition and stuff, and he gets caught underneath his feet and he doesn't take... I wouldn't mind if he skied it over the bar. At least he's doing something. But to be... To have the inability not to do anything is so frustrating to watch. I don't think these guys make it. You chuck in the six million for Danilo. You know, he's had a few misses and things like that. I think he's got something about him. I think we all know that. But see if they'd spent three million pounds on him, you wouldn't have batted your eyelid. You would have said, this boy will come good and we'll be all right. Six million pounds is a lot of money for a guy not to hit the ground running and not to be taking chances and stuff. That 14, 15 million pounds, that's where it becomes difficult for us. Sifuentes has actually looked okay. He was doing well out in Spain, then he gets injured and we haven't seen him since. And that's the kind of unfortunate thing. For a million pounds, he might be okay from a position where I didn't think there was anything much in there. But that goes back to Clement getting the best out of, I think, players and situations. But that's the guts of 14, 15 million. Are we really getting proper money back? And that's the problem for us, I think, when it comes to January. We're now scraping the barrel. We're probably going to have to ship out the likes of Yilmaz to, to raise some money. Lammers is going to go as well. And I think there'll be a few others. It wouldn't surprise me. But we're going to have to wheel and deal when, you know, the last couple of summers, when you look at the actual outlay of money that we put down, We've not got value for money. That's the big issue. 
we don't have a lot to spend. So when we do spend it, you're gonna have to. You've got to be frivolous. You've got to make it work. If you're spending a million pounds, this guy's got to work. It's got to be in the first team. You know what I mean? If you're spending six million pounds, this guy has to be Ronaldo. That's our levels. You know what I mean? It may sound silly, but that's where we've got to be, and it's where we've not done it. And that's why we're here in this position. And that goes back to Ross Wilson. It goes back to, you know, summers of not planning. It goes right back to Gerard and winning that league and not strengthening afterwards. And understand COVID losses and all that. I get that. But there was no forward planning. We're, we could have went into Bosman market. We didn't really do that. We could have planned. and We didn't. And it all has kind of unraveled from that moment. And then when we did get money from Gio, um, you know, from sales of Bassies and stuff like that, I think we've largely wasted it. So I think we need to be really careful. There's a there's obviously a huge clamour to go and spend that that money. We need to make sure that when we do spend that money, Scott, if your man does go in the window, I think he will go. I think if Lammers goes in the window again, I think he will go. I think there'll be a few others that might go out as well. If that happens and we get maybe there's three, four, five million to spend there, got to make sure these win because these two or three players that might come in, if they hit the ground running, that might be the difference for us this season. Yeah, and I think the signing of um, Silva on loan, it kind of shows everyone what, what Rangers are going to plan to do. Our business is going to be, have to be very clever. And it's something we've been, we've been speaking about on the podcast as well. It is something that we're we're not going to go and spend big money just due to the outlay that we had. And as you said, though, the ones that we brought in for real, I know there a certain few of them on pretty good wages, yes, but we didn't have a massive outlay. And the other ones that are seeming to, they're the ones that have worked, they're the signings that have worked. When you've got Lammers and Dessers and obviously Danilo's now out for probably the rest of the season, I would doubt he's going to have a serious impact this season. It's a big chunk of money for us to, be wasted pretty much and the one that you were talking about and look Dessers as well even on um, Tuesday um, with his, his through ball for McCausland brilliant superb couldn't ask for anything more of him to do that perfect ball for him and then the chance I think you're talking about is in the second half where I think we were I think we were already 3-1 up and he had a chance in the box to just pull the trigger first time and he didn't he took a touch and he took a touch again and he took another touch and then he hit the defender and that's why he doesn't seem instinctive enough for us he doesn't seem to want to just put his boot through things so it's unfortunate and I, I don't want to slam them I'm, I am delighted that um, there's rumours and strong rumours that Lammers is leaving because I think he's been a a, a failure really apart from an absolute wonder goal um, against Dundee um, he's not really done anything for us uh, I'm not I'm not a fan people of this podcast will know I'm not a fan of him but yeah it's going to be a, a bit of a a bit of a tricky window a bit of a tricky window um, Yelmaz was one of the questions that I was going to ask you I know that it's looking likely that he is going to be going this window in order for Rangers to try and get some money which I suppose you look at him as an asset I think it will upset some Um upset some please others I suppose I don't know um, but what's your do you think Rangers should be looking to keep Yelmaz or does it make with your business head on does Rangers have to move him I think in an ideal world Yilmaz would stay as your backup left back and you would try and progress him so that he was ready you know for maybe a year to an 18 months but here's your problem Borna Barisic's time at Rangers is up it has been for quite a while I think everybody would look of seasons, at that I think that's a fair shout, Stevie. Right. So if you've got that problem, Borna Barisic should automatically default to your backup. Yomaz isn't ready to be first choice left back yet, in my opinion. I know that he showed promise, he's done okay. 
in the last couple of games, but I don't think he's played five games in a row yet for Rangers because he's not got the capability. His body doesn't stand up to it. He wants first-team football. He wants out. That's really important to clarify that. Yolmaz wants out. He wants first-team guaranteed football every week. We can't give him that. See if you can get... I know you're, you're talking about £3 million. I think it's closer to £4 million. You can get that kind of money in for Yilmaz. I'm taking it. There's a lot of add-ons that haven't been hit yet, which possibly means that, that we'll make a, a slight profit or a, at least break even. I'm, I'm taking it, Scott. And What we do with that next is really important that we invest mm-hmm. it properly. You need not one, but two left-backs. Borna Barisic, shake his hand. He's out of contract. Thanks for coming. You've been an excellent service at a million and a half from, you know, Stephen Gerrard's time. I think we've gone from Osaject, didn't we? So I'm shaking his hand and saying, thanks, Borna. And I'm looking at two coming in. So that's got to be careful business. Listen, let's call a spade a spade. We need a striker. Right? We need somebody that's going to score goals, that's going to go through at Parkhead and not think about hitting the target, that's going to score goals at Pataudry when it's one each who's going to go to Easter Road in a couple of weeks when we resume and get those goals that we need. That's what we need. That's the difference for us at this moment in time. And you can sit there and go, yeah, we need Stevie, we need a winger, we need a centre midfielder, and we need a centre. I know we do. right? We need upgrades on near enough everyone apart from Handsome Jack. We need everything. right? What do we need the most? We need somebody who's going to put the ball in the net. That is where the difference is going to be. I know there's a massive clamour for Lawrence Shankland at the moment. I get it. Think it makes sense, depending on the deal you can go. See, personally, I would I would go two million for Shankland, and that's where I would be. Somebody eighteen months in his contract left. I'm looking at two million pounds. If Hearts want five, I completely understand. I've got no problem with that. They're entitled to say he's worth that for us because we might get third with him, and that's European money. No problem at all. If they value him at five million, absolutely fine. Two things that can happen there: he either waits till the summer, and we go back in or he signs a new deal there and get gets what a £5 million player should be getting. No problem with that at all. But I think, depending on the deal, you would obviously deal in Shankland because I think that's the most obvious thing to do. And his goals, you know, does he guarantee you 15 before the end of the season? I think he probably does. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And this is where Clement might be judged because see if he goes and spends a million and a half or two million on a foreign guy and he comes in, and a striker, and, and this boy Dennis, or whoever's linked, right, and he and these boys come in, and they don't hit the ground running, and they flop, everybody will automatically say, Shankland, if you got him, we would win the league. So we need to be really careful about what we do, because our judgment and perception can go that quickly. So I think we're in a good place, considering where we were, Scott. Like, considering the position we were in, and everything else, I think Clement is... A really good manager. He's a incredibly nice guy, by the way. He is uh, very funny and uh, very welcoming, but he's got that stature about him as well that I quite like. So um, I think we're heading in the right direction. The next, see before our live show, what have we got? We've got 12 days, I think, before the live show. Something like that. Um, I think that we're going to have some signings in by that point. And you know what, Scott, as well, just to give us a wee plug, see for seven quid, Come along, have a few pints. You're talking about 20 quid for a night out. Support the pod. Have a laugh with the lads that's going to be on. Get a chance to say hello to a few of us, etc. 
Um, I'm delighted to to come on and, and do half an hour, 45 minutes with you boys and, and have a laugh and talk about it. I think by that point we'll have signings to talk about. We've just won a cup, we've won our European group, we're on the right track. Let's celebrate it. In January, I know it can be a bit of a difficult month and it's a bit of a horrible month for folks, but, you know, £7, come out, get a pint, say hello to us, get some juice, whatever you don't drink, get get some juice, say hello, drive up the road, get a taxi up the road, whatever you are doing, but come out and discuss Rangers and uh, let's go from there. Yeah, have a laugh, that is for sure. That's what it's all about. Really uh, yeah, like, and you can... laugh as well. Do you remember when you told me about this in November? And I had a wife in the background saying, oh, you're going to need to <laughs> get running and get on your diet and that. I'm pleased yeah. to report I've ignored her completely. <laughs> the festivities have went first. So I'm going to cram in like 10 days of running in before. As long as you don't show up and I need to get you a stool, mate, because your, your legs have gone. Um, uh, well, listen, I, I can't promise him. But no, it should be a good laugh. It yeah, should be a good fun. It'd be nice to meet a lot of people as well and um, you know, coming on to this show, this isn't this isn't my show. This is, but you guys make me really welcome, and we come on every kind of couple of months or whatever, and have a catch up, which is really good fun. So to be asked to come along and, and sort of, um, you know, spend a couple of hours with everybody and stuff is is brilliant. So I really appreciate it, and it should be good fun. Let's go and have a laugh. Yeah, definitely. That's what it's all about. It's, it is very much a a laugh um, for us as well. Um, everybody kind of knows this and. You've said yourself as well, Steve. Is we we try not to take ourselves too seriously at times. I know I I can, um, and but it's not really about that. It's more it is putting faces, um, names to face, um, faces to names even because you see people come and interact with people. I feel like I know some of the people that I interact with, but I've no idea what they look like, and they're going to come up and say, "I'm such and such," by the way, and I'm going to be like, "Oh my god, how's it going? Nice to meet you." And yeah, but we are very much looking forward to it. There will be a raffle as well, so be a chance to win some pretty amazing prizes as well. And you're going to be a chance of winning a manscape thing. You don't even need to buy one; you better get a manscape kit for yourself. I mean, who doesn't want that? There's so a very much warning to use the the guards though on it <laughs> because you didn't. <laughs> Who gives a gift and says, you know, doesn't instruct, do you know what I mean? Really I bad. should have told you. See, when you messaged me when you said that, I was like, oh, I didn't tell. I was like, leave a guard on. I will, <laughs> we'll, tell that, we'll, we'll tell that story at the live yeah, show. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, that's Needless to say, folks, it was in tattered. <laughs> so, um, it should, listen, it, it's going to be good fun. And I think, you know, going back to something you said there about taking ourselves seriously and all that, yeah, I don't think yeah. we do. We're just lads talking about Rangers. I'm very fortunate genuinely that that somehow through blogging and and talking i've managed to to get on a few shows and people have invited me to do stuff and honestly all i do is talk about rangers i'm just a normal guy like everybody else so um we're pretty down to earth i don't think we take ourselves too seriously and i don't think by the way i think people watching this you know maybe say oh stevie i don't agree with you on on certain performances or that's no bother it's no problem like i don't sit and think i'm right about everything i really don't christ the amount of times I've sat and been so positive about things and they've fallen flat in their face, we're just fans at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So come and see us. Allowed it. yeah, it's going to be good fun. If you want proof of that, of what you just said, is go back and watch when we did our first podcast after Bill was appointed, when you and I sat and spoke about Michael Bill, and yeah. we looked like we looked like prize idiots, mate. <laughs> prize idiots, really. Ah, but all we um, all we are there is guilty of being positive about our club. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And one thing I will say is, thank God I don't support Sunderland as well because it's like a repeating. I watched that cup game yesterday, and he just set up like we did out in PSV and at home to them. He's got no idea of 
how to kind of do things. And I wish Michael Beale all the best. I really do. I don't buy into the, you know, the negativity and the anger towards him. You know, at the end of the day, we appointed him and he failed because we put our faith in him. So, you know, good luck to him, but I'm mighty glad it's not us because you see it now under a guy I actually think does know what he's doing compared to what we had. So here we go. But anyway, listen, do you know what I'm going to do today? Tell everybody. I'm not feeling that great. I've not felt great the last couple of days. I think I've got something working on me. But um, the boys will be playing their PS5 and building their Lego and everything else. I'm going to play football manager all day today. That's my plan. Arsenal, Liverpool at four, isn't it? And the FA Cup. Half four. Half four. That'll suit me. And I'm just going to sit and play that. Do you know, I played it yesterday, right? And my phone, honestly, my phone battery was at 91% at midnight last night. I'd even been on social media. It was such a nice thing just to have some time off and and concentrate on the Clifford revolution on football manager. So it's a. it's been quite fun. I managed to get Luka Jovic from Milan up front, and I got the guy on from Brighton on loan who plays in the right-hand side, Bernard Dotti or something his name is. Yeah. And I got both of them on January, and I won 15 games in the trot in the league. It was just, it's honestly, it's such a, a wonderful thing. I don't understand, like, see people who play it and they load it again and all that, I don't understand the joy of going... And winning a cup and stuff when you've not cheated is, is honestly as close as I'm going to get. I'm going to get the suit on for the Scottish Cup final and stuff. So that, <laughs> that'll be later on today. When that's Liverpool it. and Arsenal are playing, I'll be like, to the missus, I'll be back in a minute and come down with the suit and we'll tie on tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's, I know, um, ah, it's just a laugh, isn't it? So um, Sunday yeah. off should be good. I hope people have enjoyed this. And, mate, it's always a privilege coming to talk to you. It's good fun. Nah, it's always a pleasure to have you, mate. It really is. I said this in the message. I, uh, I think it was through Amazon Gaming or something like that. They did F- F- Football Manager Twenty Three for free, and I was like, I'm having a bit of that. I've not played it in years. Lost days to it, nights to it, and I get right into it at one point, and I said, to her, I'm doing really well in the Champions League here." She was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Rangers." I was like, "I'm doing really good." I'm like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to get my suit pressed." She's like, "Are you having a laugh?" I was like, "If I get the final, I was like, I'm coming down here in my suit, and I'm going to sit and I'm going to play the final in the suit." She was like, "If you do that." I'm sure I'm never talking to you again. I was like, well, we're about to become strangers, hen. Because if I get, I didn't get to the, I didn't get to the final. I think I got Real Madrid. I can't remember Real Madrid in the quarters. I think and they, they absolutely pummeled me. But uh, yeah, no, I mean the things. Football manager, mate, it takes over your life. People take it really seriously. Anyway, Stevie, we're going off on all sorts of tangents here. I've already took up. We could probably have a football manager pod on our own. Probably could. Players we've got and all that, and I think people would watch it because. Everybody loves football manager, don't they? Like it's old, like it's I like men it. of my age and that. And then we go to games and say, "Oh, I would have done this. I would have done that." Like we're some sort of experts. <laughs> yeah, as I'm if you're an expert. Inverted forwards and all that, inverted winger, like going in yeah. like that. So yeah. and that's should be focusing. You know should be focusing. Play down the left. Should be focusing. Play down the left. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason we know all these words and all that. So I remember yeah. somebody on Twitter mentioned and then um, oh, I should play him. As an engage, and I was like, "That's that thing in Football Manager." I don't even like. I don't. I've never looked at that in my life. That, you know how you can play your forwards as a trequarista and all this sort yes, of stuff. I've never right. done that in my life. They're a forward, they're a centre forward, or an advanced forward, and that's it. So uh, I think that's where people learn these terms. So yeah, Football Manager's got a lot to answer for. Certainly for poor uh, Philippe Clement when he has to come in and face me in a press conference, <laughs> and I'm like, "What do you say to him at half time, Phil?" 
You had eleven options there. Which one did you select? You know what I mean? <laughs> what one did you pick? Was it the same? Th- was it the same thing you said last week to them? Because you no, didn't no. get a choice to change what it was saying. Yeah, no, I know. But oh man, there's a laugh or something. We should do that. Actually, we'll, we'll plan that for the summer, right, mate? We'll do do another six months hammering football manager, and when we get to the, well, what we should do is we should, uh, we'll figure that out. We'll do one, and we'll do one, and we'll do one hey, in fun. the summer for that. For sure. Uh, right, Stevie, um, for today, mate, thank you very much for joining me. An absolute pleasure. Yes, mate. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. See you all soon. Yeah, and yeah, as I say, the live show, please do come along if you can. Spare seven quid, come and see us. It will be a laugh, I promise. It'll be a laugh and a joke. Get a meet, a, get a meet us, get a share a pint with us after it if you'd like. Uh, it'd be really nice to see you all there. So, again, thank you to Stevie. We'll be back midweek um, um, with something. I'm not 100% sure how it's going to look, but we'll be back midweek with something. And yeah, if you want a chance to win the tickets, head over to my Twitter, uh, Club at 22, and you will be, you can enter the chance of winning a, a couple of tickets. So, we have been Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.